The Lord be with you. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome you all to this morning's service as we gather around God's holy word and receive the gift of his very body and blood and holy communion. A few announcements for this morning. First of all, we have the baptism of Lucas Anders Ekblad this morning. Uh, after the announcements, we invite any small children to come forward to witness the baptism at the communion room. Sunday school and Bible class continue today at 9.30. Join us in the lounge for refreshments, and then adults head off to the gym for a study entitled The St. Peter Option. Today we look at popular culture and the church, or the fellowship hall for the new member class entitled Catechesis for Life. Sunday school children, kindergarten through fifth grade, begin with an opening in the music room. Sixth through eighth graders meet in the school fifth grade classroom and the high school Bible class meets in the school gym, or the school, seventh grade classroom. Please join us in the study of God's holy word. The voters' assembly will meet this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. in the church. This is a regularly scheduled voters' assembly, so any member 18 years and older may become a voter simply by attending the meeting and signing to the voters' registry. If you are a voter and not able to attend, please call or send an email to the church to be excused so that you, remain, that you may remain a voter. Information for the voters' meeting is on the table in the narthex. See you on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. The best way to follow along is to place your bulletin in the back of the hymnal. The panel serves as a guide. Simply go to the page indicated. Please stand. The bells will call us to worship. Any small children who would like to witness the baptism, please come forward. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation may be seated. Dearly beloved, Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the last chapter of Mark, our Lord promises, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And the Apostle Peter has written, Baptism now saves you. The Word of God also teaches that we are all conceived and born sinful and are under the power of the devil until Christ claims us as his own. We would be lost forever unless delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. But the Father of all mercy and grace has sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to atone for the sin of the whole world that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. How are you named? Lucas Anders, receive the sign of the Holy Cross, both upon your heart and upon your forehead, to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, according to your strict judgment, you condemn the unbelieving world through the flood. Yet according to your great mercy, you preserve believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. 
You drowned hard-hearted Pharaoh and all his hosts in the Red Sea, yet led your people Israel through the water on dry ground, foreshadowing this washing of your holy baptism. Through the baptism in the Jordan of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. We pray that you would behold Lucas Anders according to your boundless mercy and bless him with true faith by the Holy Spirit that through this saving flood all sin in him, which has been inherited from Adam and which he himself has committed since, would be drowned and die. Grant that he be kept safe and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church, being separated from the multitude of unbelievers and serving your name at all times with a fervent spirit and a joyful hope so that with all believers in your promise, he would be declared worthy of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. From ancient times, the church has observed the custom of appointing sponsors for baptismal candidates and catechumens. In the Evangelical Lutheran Church, sponsors are to confess the faith expressed in the Apostles' Creed and taught in the small catechism. They are, whenever possible, to witness the baptism of those they sponsor. They are to pray for them, support them in their ongoing instruction and nurture in the Christian faith, and encourage them toward the faithful reception of the Lord's Supper. They are at all times to be examples to them of the holy life of faith in Christ and love for the neighbor. Is it your intention to serve Lucas and Anders as sponsors in the Christian faith? God enable you both to will and to do this faithful and loving work and with his grace fulfill what we are unable to do. Amen. Hear the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. They brought young children to Jesus that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of the Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord preserve your coming in and your going out from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. Lucas Anders, do you renounce the devil? Do you renounce all his works? Do you renounce all his ways? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried? He descended into hell the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting? Yes, I 
Lucas Anders, do you desire to be baptized? Lucas Anders, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and the Spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Receive this burning light to show that you have received Christ, who is the light of the world. Live always in the light of Christ and be ever watchful for his coming that you may meet him with joy and enter with him into the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which shall have no end. In holy baptism, God the Father has made you a member of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir with us of all the treasures of heaven in the one holy Christian and apostolic church. We receive you in Jesus' name as our brother in Christ, that together we might hear his word, receive his gifts, and proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Amen. We welcome you in the name of the Lord. Please stand for prayer. <coughs> Almighty and most merciful God and Father, we thank and praise you that you graciously preserve and enlarge your family and have granted Lucas Anders the new birth and holy baptism and made him a member of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir of your heavenly kingdom. We humbly implore you that as he has now become your child, you would keep him in his baptismal grace, that according to your good pleasure, he may faithfully grow to lead a godly life to the praise and honor of your holy name. And finally, with all your saints, obtain the promised inheritance in heaven through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Peace be with you. Amen.
Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday after the Epiphany is from 1 Samuel, chapter 3. The young man, Samuel, was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here, I'm, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went and said, Here am I. You called for me? 
But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. This is the word of the Lord.
All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other, every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This is the word of the Lord. According to St. John, the first chapter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Yeah. 
Our text for this morning's sermon is Nathaniel's question to Jesus. How do you know me? This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, a parent asks a child who has done something wrong, why did you do that? Often the child's answer is, I don't know. I don't know. This is often the case because a child, like the rest of us, is predisposed towards sinning. It's our go-to way of doing things since the fall. We don't even think about it. And we don't know why we do what we do because we don't fully understand how impoverished we are as fallen human beings. Likewise, because through sin we are disconnected from God, the identity of our Lord is unknown to us as well. It's why, quote, when he came to his own, his own, his very own people did not receive him. So to cope with our ignorance, and depravity, all we can do is make up fictional stories about ourselves and God, not realizing or denying the scope of our incomprehension and corruption. That's what we do. It's our go-to way of, of trying to figure things out. Today, in contrast to all of that, we hear that Jesus knows and sees things about Nathaniel that, as a mere human being, he couldn't possibly know. He couldn't know these things unless, of course, he was the Son of God. And Nathaniel reveals just that that Jesus is the Son of God, God himself in the flesh, the second person of the Holy Trinity who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, while you don't know, and I don't know, Jesus does. How? Jesus is Lord. He's God, omniscient, all-knowing. Now, all of us have asked ourselves at one time or another, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? The answer lies in the abyss, if you will, in the pit of our being. Since the fall, what we do know what we are connected to is evil. To a way of being and acting that is disconnected from the goodness of God. It's an abyss or bottomless pit that we call sin and death. It's why we say things we shouldn't say and do things we shouldn't do. It's in our DNA now, our makeup, 
It's been there since our forebears of humanity, Adam and Eve, believed the lie of the evil one. And what was the lie? You don't need God. You don't need the God who created you. You don't need to have him in your life at all. You don't, you don't have to have anything to do with him because, you know, you're God. That's the lie. So what happened? Well, I'll tell you what has happened. Because of our fall, our disconnection from God, we've become hateful. Mean, selfish, deceitful, brutal, not uninhibited. That's the fruit that is hurled out of the abyss and often out of our mouths, hearts, and lives. Now, while we fail to grasp how far we have fallen, Jesus knows. He knows what we don't know. He does. He knows where we're at. He knows that it's too deep for us to dig ourselves out of. He knows the total depravity of what we have become. He knows it all. The psalmist reminds us of this when he says, as we just sang in that gradual, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know, when I sit down and rise up, he knew that about Nathaniel too, right? Even though Nathaniel was way far away, he knew when Nathaniel sat down under that fig tree and he knows what you do too. He says, you discern my thoughts from afar, from far away. You know what's going on in my head. You are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus does. Jesus knows the abyss of our sin and death. And here's why. He experienced it. He experienced it by taking it into himself and then suffering and dying for it. He knows the abyss, the horrors of your sin. He took them into himself. He touched the lepers. He touched the dead bodies. And what he was doing there really was taking it off of us and into himself. And eventually, he got rid of it for us, as only he could do, as only God could do, by burying it in his death and rising victorious over it in his resurrection. Jesus could do that, and he did do that, because Jesus is God. He's from God. Intimately connected to him and his goodness. 
And he came into the world to be anointed as the Christ to fulfill what was written about him by Moses and, and also the prophets, that he would do everything well. That the Father was pleased with, pleased with him because he did everything the Father gave him to do in thought, word, and deed. He followed the law perfectly. He's the one of whom the prophets spoke, who would do this, the Christ. Now, Nathaniel had been waiting for him, waiting for him under a fig tree, which is interesting, under the shadow of death. That's often how that's pictured. But what was he doing there? It's kind of interesting that uh, Jesus calls him an Israelite, uh, uh, a true Israelite, one who is without deceit. Well, it turns out that it was a tradition to read the scriptures, read the word of God under a fig tree, under the shade of a fig tree. And you have them, Nathaniel pictured doing just that in our, on our bulletin for today. So in other words, he was accessing the word of God. He was waiting for the Messiah. Through the scriptures that had been given him, he knew the abyss of his sin, and he knew that he needed a savior. And he was waiting. He looked not into himself, into his own heart, into the psychological self and making it up as, as far as trying to figure it all out and pretending like he had figured it all out. He knew that he was in trouble, that he needed help, and he looked outside himself to the God who comes to us by his word. Where does he come to us? Where the word is. Huh. Samuel, that was kind of interesting, wasn't it? He was lying down where? In the temple of the Lord. Why was the temple of the Lord there? Well, that was where the Ark of God was. <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant, where the Word of God was. God speaks to us through His Word. Even here. And even now. And Nathaniel looked outside of himself for Jesus. He was waiting for Him. And you know who knew he was waiting for him? Jesus. You know why Nathaniel had no deceit? Because he knew the enormity of his sin. He was honest about it. He had heard from God about it. The God who created him and who promised to redeem him. Jesus knows him. And he knows you too. He knows every last sin, every thought, every word, every deed, even the ones you don't know about. He sees everything. And before that scares you to death, and it ought to, every thought, word, or deed that you've ever considered or done, he knows all about that. And he knew it before coming into this world. It's why he came into the world. Jesus has come to bring us out of the abyss of sin and death. Out of it. He's come to reveal the identity of God, who God really is, and to make known who we are in Christ, that in Him we live and move and have our being. Because we're from Him too. Oh, we were, we were stolen from Him by the lie of the evil one. But he has come to bring us back. He wants us with him. 
And Epiphany is all about that, right? Arise, shine, for your light has come. Light has come into the abyss. It scatters the darkness of sin and death. That's what Epiphany is all about. Epiphany makes known that Jesus is Lord, that he's God for all people, even the Gentiles. That's why the wise men worship him. He's God. We heard last week, God the Father said, yes, he's God. This is my son. With him, I'm well pleased. Today, you hear that he knows things that he couldn't possibly know, unless, of course, he was and is God. That's who he is. The light is turned on for us. And what happens as a result of that for us, as his spirit brings Christ into our hearts and into our lives, as he blows out the evil within us, the evil spirit within us, as he just did in holy baptism for little Lucas, what does he do? He, he replaces the old spirit, the, the evil spirit, with the good one, the spirit of God, with God himself who puts God with us to, to live with us so that God knows us. We become his children, children of God, and that makes a difference in our lives. So instead of being hateful, unhappy, conflicted, impatient, mean, selfish, deceitful, and uninhibited, we bear the fruit of the spirit. As his word has its way in our lives, like it did for Nathaniel, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. That's what God is doing among us through his word. That's why we sit under the fig tree, if you will, with a school. Eight hours a day, letting the word have its way in our children's lives. So that the new life, this child has been made a child of God. So that he would continue to grow in his, his knowledge and understanding of who God is. And how he loves him with everything he is and has. And how he loves you with everything he is and has. How he's going to love him even when he doesn't listen to you, Liz and Anders. But you'll correct him and he'll repent and be forgiven and move forward. Not just by you, but by God as his word has its way with you as you continue to bring him into the services of God's house. Now, Jesus offered an open heaven along with its gifts as the greater things that he gave to Nathaniel and others. And today, he offers these greater things to you and me. What are they? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And with forgiveness, we are set free from what keeps us from God and each other. And we are reconciled with God and each other through the blessings of the cross, right? Life. A life that conquers even death. The life of Jesus Christ is blown into us. That cannot be snuffed out in death. Peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So as Jesus, the resurrected Lord, said, peace be with you to his disciples, he just said, peace be with you, Lucas. I'm now with you. I'm in this room with all of the blessings of heaven and the certain hope that because he lives, we live. It's not like I hope it doesn't snow again tomorrow, not knowing whether it will or won't. It's that Jesus has already given us a place in his house, 
a seat there for eternity. Jesus is the Son of God, and yes, he is the King of Israel, as Nathaniel confessed. And as such, he is really the only way to heaven. That's the reality. When he says you will see greater things than these, namely that you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, he is referring to the Old Testament patriarch Jacob. Do you remember that dream of Jacob? In his dream, Jacob had seen the angels of God ascending and descending on a stairway that reached from earth to heaven. I, Jesus is saying, am that stairway that connects heaven and earth. It's why on the arch of the entrance here of Trinity, take a look at it when you come in next time, the words of Jacob are written. Words that we now confess in reference to this place. This place right here, where heaven and earth intersect. How? By the name and word of God. We say what he says. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Now you know. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, put a new song in our mouths. Lead us out of all deceit and into the confidence of your truth. Let us proclaim your wondrous deeds of faithfulness and salvation in Christ without fear or hesitancy. Lord, in your mercy. King of Israel, as you once called Samuel, Philip, and Nathaniel into your service, be pleased now to call men into your holy ministry. Give them delight in your holy scriptures, that their witness would lead many to follow Jesus, the Son of God. Bless all those who serve in the church, including Ann Ron, our child care director, and those preparing for church work, including Ruth, James, Luke, and Harvey. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, you call fathers, mothers, and children to serve in their households. Let them serve eagerly, each according to their station, trusting that such love honors you. We give you thanks this day at the baptism of Lucas and Ashton, and pray that they continue to grow in faith and love. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Almighty God, let all the nations and the peoples of the earth ascribe to you the glory to your name. Hear our prayers for all rulers and leaders, especially for Joseph, our president, Tony, our governor, along with all legislatures and judges, direct them by your word and spirit, and establish them in the saving faith. Lead them in their offices to govern wisely for the good of their people. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. O God, behold in mercy all for whom we pray, especially Sharon in extended care after brain surgery, Tim recovering after surgery, for the victims of war in Middle East and the Ukraine, for Bart for continued management of his illness. For Marion, Lisa, Charles, Carl, Emmy, Tim, Benjamin, Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Sharon, Doris, Timothy, Ronald, John, and Mary, all in treatment for cancer. For the families of Janet Rooker and Richard Themy, who will remember today, bring healing, comfort, strength, patience, and certainty to all in need. Receive our thanks for your constant watch and merciful kindness. In every sorrow and every joy, do not let our eyes be drawn from the greater marvel of your kindness in Christ Jesus, 
by whose grace and forgiveness alone we will receive every blessing. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Lord, mighty God, you have shown us the face of your mercy and your Son, through whom all the nations may find unity in life. Hear the prayers of your people and grant that what is needful to us and those for whom we pray, that trusting in your mercy, our hearts may find perfect peace and rest. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. As we gather together our offerings, we invite you to fill out the Friendship Register located inside your view. be with you. And also with you. Lift 
good right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you holy lord almighty father everlasting god through jesus christ our lord for what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world you have made known to the nations in your son in him being found in the substance of our mortal nature you have manifested the fullness of your glory therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created, and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us to do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you, and in fervent love toward one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.